Well, first of all, a very warm welcome. If you've never been here before, you are welcome. We are glad you joined us. And um, many of you uh, won't know me. Uh, Steve and I uh, are part of the leadership team, as he said. Um, But you look at someone when you first meet them in the light of where they are now. Nobody knows how far we've come. Our backgrounds, and we're all from different places today. So I'm just going to take a few minutes to uh, get you acquainted with us and talk a little bit about what it means to do what Shambir, Mira and Farai are going to do today. So if I see you dropping off, I shall know my time is up, but I'll try and make it exciting for you. Are you glad you're here? Turn to the person next to you and say, I hope you are because you're sitting next to me. So, as Steve said, my, my mum passed away on Wednesday, and it was sudden. Um, although she'd been ill for some time, we didn't really realise how poorly she'd been. And, of course, we've got to go through now some of the things that she's left behind. And I want to sort of link that a little bit with what we're doing today, because our name is very important. My name's Jenny, and my mum's name was Jennifer. We all knew her here as Jen. I knew her as mum, of course, but um, our names are very important. And it's important that you, you know a name that is more important than any other name. So uh, I'm going to base my short talk on Luke 10. And if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to it, you can. Luke 10, 17 to 20 says this. This is a gospel account of when Jesus was on the earth and he'd sent out 70 of his followers to talk about the good news of the kingdom that, that uh, those that believe in Jesus can expect. And he sent the disciples out, 70 of them, and they went out and they preached the good news and they healed the sick, they raised the dead, and they cast out demons, demons that were keeping people confined. And they returned with joy, it says in verse 17 of, 10, of, of Luke 10. It says, they returned to Jesus with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said, well, I was around when I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I'm going to give you now authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of Satan. And nothing shall hurt you, but don't rejoice in this. That's great. That's wonderful, but don't rejoice in this. Rejoice that I've written your name in a book. Jesus promises that those who come to him have their name written in a book. I wonder if you know what your name means. Well, when I'm 52. No, I don't look it, but I'm 52. This book has been around since I can remember. This was the book my mum and dad looked at when they were choosing my name. And this week, it was right by the chair that my mum sits in. So uh, it's about baby names. Well, how to choose your baby's name. There's a, a, a big memorial in South Dakota in America called uh, the Mount Rushmore National Memorial. And it's carved into the granite face um, over there. And there's the four presidents of the... Uh, you've probably Has anybody been to see it here? I'm sure somebody must have done. It's one of those places I'd like to go. The four presidents are, if I have my... Uh, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. There's a, a better picture than that. You can see them. Now, 
when this was carved in stone, the artist wanted to capture these people forever. So he chose a place where it was never going to be destroyed. It was going to be there as a memorial forever and ever. It took many years of hard labor for Gutzon Borglum to blast and carve away this rock. He died a short time after it was completed in 1941, and he was interviewed before he died and asked why it took so long. He said, I wanted it to be there for all time. And he said, geologists figure it will erode an inch in 100,000 years. And then he said this, you see, my name is on that monument just as surely as the face of those four presidents. Wouldn't you like to know that your name is going to be eternal? Oh, big, a big yes for that. Preach, preach with me. We get done quicker then. So he'd written his name in there and likely it will last for all time. Now, one way or another, almost everyone gets their name written somewhere. I've been in loads of places. You can climb hills and mountains and somebody, uh, so-and-so was here. You know, back of toilet doors. Was it? And why do they do that? I don't know why they do that. But there's all sorts of obscure places where people want to inscribe their name. Why? Because they want to be remembered. They want something of this earth to hold them there. So our names are important. You can find them on the edge of, uh, on the edge of bridges where there's, there's a danger to do it. People climb mountains to inscribe their name. One way or another, almost everyone gets their name written somewhere because our names are important. Your name is very important. Who you are is very important. Businesses know it's important for you to know your name. If I get a letter through the post that says, to the occupier, it goes like that. If it says Jenny Watson, ah, that's me then. If it's handwritten, that's even better. Do you you feel like that or is that just me? Businesses know that if they can capture your name and they can write to you personally, it will mean more to you than if it's just to the occupier. Our name goes on our birth certificate before we leave the hospital and it goes on our death certificate before we are buried. In between, our name is a basic part of life and our name is powerful. Do you know they don't, you don't use them so much now, but there used to be a little piece of paper about 30 of them at a time that banks used to issue. And if you put your name on there, the bank would give you money. Does anybody still use checks these days? <laughs> Every person's name is important and where your name is written is important. Jesus even told his disciples that the key to happiness is knowing that your name is written in heaven. Our greatest goal in life is to get our name written in the proper place. Say proper place. Bit louder. You need your name written in the proper place. And you can know for certain if your name is written there. We've been looking this week and we've been going to the funeral director and we've been talking about how we're going to do mum's funeral at the creme and the committal and how we're going to have a celebration here. And one of the things they ask you is, would you like her name written in the book of remembrance and on a day each year they turn the page each day and whoever's died or remains are up there whatever it might be their name is there for all to see who wouldn't say of course we want a name written there so somebody painstakingly calligraphies the name of the loved one and it's a memorial forever but there's a better place a proper place say proper place 
And that is the place, that place is the book where God records the names of all of his children. You see, you can put your name in the newspaper and tomorrow it's garbage. If you get your name written on a rock or the back of a toilet door, it ain't going to last forever. Because this world isn't going to last forever. And that guy thinks that Mount Rushmore might live forever. But it's not going to live forever. There's another place. Is your name written there? Jesus knew that in the battle with the forces of evil, his disciples would not always escape injury and death as they did this time. Many of them would be killed. Evil men like Herod and Nero would take their lives and eliminate their names from the records of history. They would pay a heavy price to follow the name of Jesus. And many people have paid a high price to follow the name of Jesus. People are being martyred in our world today just because they know Jesus. I heard a wonderful story when I went over to the International House of Prayer a few years ago to visit uh, Alicia when she was still over there. And there was a a couple from, um, they were from the Middle East And they had two little girls, and they had taught their little girls how to die. They said, if you see mum and dad with a gun at the head, and someone comes to take your life, this is how we're going to do it. We love the Lord Jesus with all of our heart. We're going to look into his face. You won't let me die without the name of Jesus on my lips. And these were little girls that had been taught how to hold fast to the hope that their name is written in the book of life. Is your name written there? You see, once you put your name there, by putting your trust in Jesus and following him as Lord, you have arrived at the peak of human exaltation. People think that money and riches and fame and fortune will get them to that place. Let me tell you, there's no higher place to be than to have your name written in that book. No matter who you are in time, you will be somebody in eternity if your name is written there. Are you with me? Nothing is more important than having your name there. It's worth any price to get it there. It's free to those who trust Jesus. There's a lady called Mary Kidder, never met her. She wrote a hymn called, Is My Name Written There? And the last verse, and I'm nearly through, says this, Oh, that beautiful city, with, it man- with its mansions of light, with its glorified beings in pure garments of white, where no evil thing comes to despoil what is fair, where the angels are watching, yes, my name's written there. Yes, my name's written there on the page white and fair, the book of your kingdom. My name's written there. And I'll tell you, if anybody could have a good death, my mum had the very best death because she knew her name was written there. She was absolutely convinced as her eyes glazed over. I don't know how long it takes. For some, it might take five minutes. For some, it might take half an hour. In those last few hours, as the spirit man leaves the body, you could see she was engaged with another world. And we stroked a hand and we kissed a forehead and we said, it's okay, mom. You can go because she loved him. He was her king, bridegroom, lover of her soul, and savior. Is my name written there? The good news is you don't have to be a duke, a prince, a princess, or a person of fame and fortune to get your name in there. All you have to be is a sinner who knows you need a savior, a hungry person who needs the bread of life, 
a thirsty one who needs the drink from the water of life. All you have to be is whoever you are saying, I need Jesus to write my name in his book. How do you know? Shall I tell you how you know? You know that you know that you know. If you sit in there and you're going, I'm not quite sure, then you're not. Simple as that. Because if you know, once you know your name is in there, there is a confidence and assurance. There is an absolute clarity in your heart of hearts that you know that you know that you know. And that is what would convince me, if someone were to take my life today, that I could say, I know where I'm going. You can't buy that certainty. You can't pay a high enough price for that hope. And what's happening here today for Shambir, Mira, and Farah is they have experienced that and they've said, you know what? All that I ever was and everything I ever was is not worth anything compared to what's coming. And by going through this water, they're saying, I want to die to everything that would stop me taking hold of that prize of my future with Jesus. And it's a symbol, just a symbolic act that they have said, I'm dead to the old and I'm being resurrected to the new. And everybody wants to go through baptism twice. I'll tell you, this is a very special day for them. They've not been baptized yet. But every one of us that's been baptized says, wish I could do it again. Because there's something that very specially happens. It transacts in the spiritual realm. It's like Jesus puts a, an engagement ring on your finger. It's like he, he embraces you in a new way. doesn't mean you won't sin again. doesn't mean you won't do wrong things again. It doesn't mean that you won't be a normal person. It means that inside your heart... You know that you are his, he is yours, and he's going to take you through no matter what. If I haven't convinced you yet, last page, so we're nearly through now. Who wouldn't want to do that? Where's your name? Where your name is, there you will be forever. So the greatest in question in life is, is my name written there? Well, it all depends on what you, did, what you do with the greatest name of all time. Jesus is the only one that's ever died a death, been risen again, and there's proof. You could stand up in a court of law and prove that there was a man called Jesus, that he did die the death he died. You can prove it. There's proof. So we're not asking you to throw your brain away. You can prove he lived and died. The question is, did he die for you? The question is, when he was hanging on that cross, was he doing it for you? And if he was, have you said, thank you, I take it. You know, one of the things my dad said to my mom, as he stroked her forehead, he said, my dad did everything for my mom. I'm sorry he couldn't be here this morning. But he said, Jen, this is the one thing I can't do for you. This is the one thing I can't do for you. And he was saying, you've got to let Jesus take you through. You've got to let Jesus do it. And I can, I can teach you how to sing pretty songs. I can teach you how to come to church every Sunday. But coming to a church doesn't make you a Christian. Singing pretty songs doesn't make you a Christian. The one thing no one else can do for you is that trust in Jesus in saying, I want my name written there. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in a moment. So let me read my last paragraph. 
God has given Jesus, his son, a name that is above every name. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. It won't be if they, if they, if they believe it or not. They'll do it anyway. His name is a name of power and glory. Christianity is named after Christ. There are all kinds of isms in the world. Communism, fascism, materialism, naturalism, humanism. But long after all these isms will be wasms. The name of Christ will live on. Christians also. Many people, the rulers of this age, have time and time again sought to put out the light of his name and plunged it into oblivion, but they've failed to put out the light of Christ. Instead, they've been plunged into darkness. The name of Jesus all over the world. People know who Jesus is. Every time persecutors have tried to destroy the name of Jesus, they've magnified it. When they killed Christians by the thousands, people asked, who has enabled these people? To die like this, and the answer is always Jesus. Martyrs sing of Jesus as they die. Communism in Russia and China have used brutal methods to stamp out the name of Jesus. And decades after those regimes have forced Christians underground, we now now know that more people honor the name of Jesus in those nations than any other. The believers in those nations are stronger than any silly, willy-nilly, flippy-floppy believer in this nation. Persecution causes something in your heart to be fortified towards the end. I'm telling you, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else or live any other way than for him. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The name of Jesus endures forever. In closing, Isaiah 49 says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, says the Lord. Yet, I will not forget because I've inscribed you on the palm of my hands. I want to talk to those of you today that have never, ever known what it is to have your name in the book of life. Jesus hung naked between heaven and earth. Wasn't a pretty sight. So I don't go with all this, you know, bow your head, sneak in. Jesus died a cruel cross, on a cruel cross, naked, for me. He's worth saying, I'm in. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to pray that prayer for the first time and say, I want my name there, I'm going to introduce David and Irene Bloor, and they're going to just talk to you after the service, and we're going to move on. So let's just pray. You can pray with your eyes open or closed. I don't care. Jesus, I want to thank you that you're very real today. I thank you that your name is the name above every name. And I thank you for the confidence, Lord, that many of us in this room have today because we've trusted in that name. Now, Lord, I pray for our friends here today, Lord, that have never, ever trusted you, that feel like there's a big chasm. What do I do? What do I do? Lord, we say today, on their behalf, we're sorry that we haven't lived for you and with you, that we haven't, Lord, asked you to save us before now. But right now, Lord, we acknowledge that we need a savior. If you're acknowledging this in your heart, you tell him in the quietness of your own heart, I need a savior. I need my name there. And he will respond to you. He will touch your heart, I promise you. Why don't everybody pray this prayer, believer or not? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on a cross 
for forgiving me for every sin. For forgiving me for every sin. Every wrongdoing. Every wrongdoing. Every thought. That has been an offence to you. I ask you to forgive me. And as I give my life to you, I ask you to write my name there. I ask you to write my name there. 